0: Welcome to 1C, please rise for our first song.
1: Good morning, church. Would you please stay standing for the reading of the scripture? Psalms 33, verses 1 through 15. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has the people The people who he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their needs. These are the words of the Lord. Please remain standing for the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and the life everlasting. Amen.
0: Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning for those words uh, from the word. Lord, reminding us about how we need to follow you as a nation, as a people. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Come into this building. Anoint the service for your glory. Anoint each heart to hear the words, to hear the music, and worship you and go away changed this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. One, two, three.
2: and girls, come on up for the kids' message. Make your way on up front here. Find a seat up here on the floor. Come on up. All right. Well, have you ever played a game where someone takes their finger and they write on your leg or write on your back and you have to Figure out what they drew or what they wrote. Have you ever done that? It's kind of a fun, fun thing to do. Well, I need a volunteer because we're going to do that. This you want to help? All right, come on up. All right. And I was going to do this with a marker on a piece of paper, but I didn't want to ruin anybody's clothes. So I'm going to do it with my finger. But I already drew something on a piece of paper, and I'm going to trace it, all right? And then you have to guess and try to interpret and figure out what it is I wrote all right so come stand right up here face this way so you don't see what I have all right okay here we go let me move this so I can get behind you all right are you ready this is going to be a short word do you know what it said any guesses oh very good Nice job! All right, now I'm gonna draw a picture. All right? You ready for this one? All right, here we go. All right. Do you know what I drew? No? no? That's kind of a tricky one. Are you ready? All right. I drew a happy emoji and a sad emoji. What do you? Have you ever played this game before? No? It's kind of fun. You know, you can play this with your friends or with your family. But thank you for coming up and helping me. All right, you go ahead and have a seat. You know, this game is fun, but it's not always easy to interpret and figure out what the person is doing, is it? No. And you know what? Today in Genesis, we get to the story of Joseph and Joseph interpreting dreams. And Joseph is thrown in jail, which is not a good day for Joseph, right? So he's been in jail, and the king of Egypt threw his cupbearer and his baker in jail, too. So Joseph is in jail with them, and these two guys have a dream. They each, each have a different dream, and they want somebody to interpret it. And Joseph tells them only God can interpret dreams because God knows everything. And so Joseph helps them, and, you know, and he shows that God can do anything. We don't like Joseph. We don't always know what people are going to do, do we? And you know what? We don't always know what God is doing either. But we can trust that God knows a lot more than we do. And God sees everything and knows everything. And so we can trust God that when things are good, we can trust God. And even when things are bad, we can trust God because God knows what he's doing. And you know what? He can even take something that's bad or sad and use it to turn it into something good. Because we can trust God to do anything, and he loves us so much, and he wants what's best for us. All right? Will you pray with me? Fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Lord God, we trust you, we love you, and we want to know you more. Help us to trust you every day. Amen. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head back to your seats. And remember, you can play this game at home with your family and try to guess what the other person's drawing and talk about how God knows everything, even when we don't.
3: Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you very much, little people. Well, good morning, church. What time is it? Thank you, it's announcement time. Yeah, and I wanted to say welcome to all of you who might be attending this service for the first time. We are delighted that you are here. We would like to connect with you. If you would like to do that, you can stop by the Welcome Center out there on your way out of church. There'll be someone there that can talk to you. You can also text one guest to 94000. This just sets up a a flurry of activity where someone from the church, it might be me, would just reach out to you and say, so glad you were in services with us. Anything that you want to know about 1C, anything you want to know about how you can connect further with 1C, I can help you with that. Many people on the staff can help you with that. Later in the service, we'll be doing prayer requests. If you have a prayer request, you can text it to that number you see on the screen, 402-242-5051, or you can submit it on the Church Center app if you have that on your phone. And then later in the service, we, we... pause and we'd have this section called prayers of the people and we will pray for those things that you that you send in i also was given an announcement this morning we have a once he has a a beautiful relationship with s o s seekers of serenity here in town and i want to let you know that they're having a fundraiser at dairy queen this tuesday august twenty second from five until eight so if you can make it over there at that time that would be outstanding And Greg's around somewhere because he's going to come up and he's got some announcements about things that are happening in the world of education, yeah?
2: Yeah, we have a lot of things going on. Um, You may have heard that exploration, kids ministry, has switched from Wednesday nights to Sunday mornings um, starting September 10th. And we'll go from 1010 to 1050. So that's sixth grade and under, plus an adult class, staff nursery. Um, That's Sunday mornings. Wednesday nights, we still have our student ministry. So confirmation 7th and 8th grade uh, happens Wednesdays from 630 to 730 and high school youth happens um, from 730 to nine on Wednesdays Um, that is beginning September 13th. But confirmation has a parent student meeting on September 6th from 630 to 730 to help the students and families get off to a good start for confirmation. That's happening on Wednesdays. We also have a lot more stuff happening on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So Taste and See, um, the, the food delivery, is happening on the second and the fourth Wednesday. So if we look at this slide, the first Wednesday of the month, Taste and See is gathering together for um, a fe- time of fellowship, a time of celebrating, how we see God at work as we're out in the community. It's also going to be a time for some intentional conversations to bring some simple pointers on how we can make a bigger impact um, in the community when we take groceries out there. And then second Wednesday, Taste and See delivers groceries from 530 to 30. Third Wednesday of each month, you already mentioned, we've got Mm. a great relationship with Seekers of Serenity Place. We do a game night there on the third Wednesday of each month. A lot of fun. We take games, snacks, and and go enjoy some time there. Mm -hmm. The fourth Wednesday, Taste and See delivers food again from 530 to 630. And we are also doing an intergenerational family night on the fourth Wednesday of each month from 6 to 730. That'll include a meal as well as um, kind of some guided devotions at round tables so that families can have fun together, experiencing some different types of ways to do family devotions in the home and then take those ideas home with them to continue on uh, doing family devotions in the home. You're a, of inf- you're a wealth of information. I don't know about that, but I can read slides. You're very
3: good yeah. at reading slides. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Ways to give uh, on text to giving. You can do online giving. Um, I know, and you know. In my life, I've been very, very blessed with a, with a host of things. And one of the ways that we worship in my home is is to give. You know, to let loose of some of what God has given us financially, and return it to ministries and to the church, and that's an opportunity in the Christian life, and so there on the screen are some ways that you can do that. On Tuesday, August 29th, uh, the Alpha program is going to be here. It will be happening in the multi-purpose room. What is the Alpha program? Hmm. It's a Bible study. It is a great look across the scriptures. If, you, if you're sitting out there today thinking, I, yeah like to know more about how to read my Bible, how do I do this? This is a good place to go to find out and and be in some fellowship with a lot of other people. So I think that's what we have for announcements, let's carry on.
0: shall come.
3: Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you. Wasn't that gorgeous? How great thou art. Is your soul stirred by that? Yeah. One of the greatest things that, that God did for us was send his son Jesus, and that's what this meal is all about, Jesus coming to give up his body and his blood for life and for salvation and forgiveness of sin. And before we go to the confession this morning, I want to say that in a moment, we'll, we'll, we'll do those ancient words of, it's called consecration of the elements. And in that language, you will hear the word you. And Martin Luther was really astute about hearing that in, in the language of the words of consecration, because that makes it very, very personal, that Jesus laid down his body and his blood for you for you and for me so before we come to the Lord's table let's just take a moment up on the screen will be a confession let's say this out loud together most merciful God we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean we have sinned against you in thought word and deed by what we have done That is precisely what Jesus has done. He has forgiven us. He has renewed us. He is standing by to lead us. And it is always my privilege to just announce to you that by that confession, your sins are forgiven. Our Lord Jesus Christ, from the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, also after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. the And now, may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Go in peace. Amen.
4: Lord, as we are gathered together in church this morning, we worship you. God, you are so good to us. We thank and praise you for the amazing God that you are. Help us to listen to your wisdom to lean into your presence and to stand on our faith when we have trouble finding footing on our own. We offer up these prayers. For the family of Shelby Davis, who passed away on August 8th, comfort them and guide them through this time of grief. A special prayer for her daughter, Harper, that she will come to rely on you. Holy Father, I ask that you encompass SOS with your love and light and grace so that each and everyone will know your good works. Remind them daily that they are valued, loved, and worthy. Lord, we ask that you bring the people that you need to be at the Alpha Course that begins here August 29th. Alpha has been such a blessing to me, and I pray that it will be to many others too. Prayers that my divorce will proceed, that things can be divided fairly and we can finalize it. Help us all to find healing and restore the relationship with my sons and their father. Be with my dear friend, Cindy, as she continues to fight her cancer Give her healing and let her feel your love and the love of the many people who love her. Prayers to help Nate find a job and that he can use his gifts and talents for your glory. For continued progress and support during our home dialysis classes and for safety driving to Omaha every day for all our grandchildren to find love and peace in the loving arms of Jesus Christ. Calm my fears, Lord. Cast out my anxiety and put me on the path that you want me to go on. Father, your word says that you are always with us. You go before us and behind us. We are all going to feel anxiety from time to time. So help us to remember to turn to you so that we can receive peace, the peace that only you can bring. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And we ask for that to be real to us today. Comfort our minds when our thoughts are spiraling. Calm our hearts when they start racing with the fear of the unknown. Calm our circumstances that feel out of control. Your peace alone surpasses all understanding. Guard our hearts and our minds in peace through Christ. In Jesus' name, please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
3: Amen and amen. I am so grateful 1C Church takes time in their service for these prayers. When the church prays, God's listening. Would you agree? It's important that we pray. Thank you so much. Well, this morning, we're doing a uh, Genesis Two Dreamers. I should probably say at the outset, um, I touch on the Two Dreamers, but it's not the focus. What I want to focus on and isolate a particular word for this sermon is the word sovereign. The word sovereign. It's a word that's used to describe one of the characteristics of God, and it essentially means this, that God has the power and the authority and the wisdom to do anything that he chooses throughout all of his creation. Sovereign is an attribute of God, but it is also how God acts upon his creation. In the life of Joseph, is an excellent narrative in which we can we see this sovereign work of God and this is week two of three weeks in our study of Joseph and so we're going to see here even more of how God's sovereign action is working itself out in the, in the life of Joseph. Last week's text was chapter 37 verses 17 to 24. And Jim kind of unpacked that for us about, we learned about Joseph's fates at the hands of his brothers, and it might be a story that's familiar to you. Here's this young kid, and he's aggravating his brothers, and they, they, first of all, they want to murder him, okay? That's really swinging the pendulum way over here. We're so angry at our brother, let's take his life. Well, then they decide on, on an alternate plan, and they toss him into a pit. You know, you know, what's gonna happen when Joseph's in a pit? Well, what did happen was because where they were at watching the herds, they were, they were on this trade route, and so it was not uncommon for traders to go up and down this road, and that's what happened to Joseph. Ishmaelite trainers came along. Their brothers lift him up out of the pit. They sell him to these traders, who then take him down into Egypt and sell him again to a fellow by the name of Potiphar and Potiphar is a high-ranking official in the court of Pharaoh. Potiphar is also the captain of the guard and you could say that at this point in this story things are not looking all that great for Joseph except the activity of God's sovereign work. Is in his life. If you take some time during this coming week to read Genesis 37 through 50, which is the the balance of the narrative of the story of Joseph, you will will see the imprint of God's sovereign rule everywhere in this man's story. This 17-year-old teenager who's on the brink of being murdered by his own flesh and blood But God's got a different plan, and we can see the beginnings of this plan in chapter 39 and verses 2 through 5. Listen to what this says. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. Remember, he was sold to to Potiphar. His master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him an overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field sovereignty is god exercising his power his authority his wisdom to do anything he chooses with his creation as you listen to this text and saw it up on the screen did you see it did you see god's power did you see his authority did you see his wisdom in this text things seem to be turning out okay for joseph from the pit to the traders to the egyptians and now it's maybe it's looking a little bit better then we then we get to verse 7 in chapter 39 And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. This was her broken record day after day. That's what the text says, day after day. She came to him with this persistent pestering to do the wrong thing. But Joseph is steadfast in his no. Would that not indicate that things should just continue going well for Joseph? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the godly thing to do. And he did it over and over and over again. Oh, but you know what happens? Things, the whole thing just begins to unravel. Because the outcome of this, this Joseph... Potiphar's wife narrative, the outcome of that is Joseph getting tossed into the slammer. How can that be? This is a righteous man doing the right thing. Did God somehow lose his grip on his sovereignty? Was he not present? Was he not watching? Did he miss something? He did not, no. God's still present, God is still present, because God can take anything in any of our lives and put it to work for his purposes, even if those things are looking kind of bleak. The the, the part of Joseph getting tossed into prison comes because at one point he runs from the house and this may be, all be very recognizable to you. He, he runs from the house and Potiphar's wife grabs his cloak. She uses that as her evidence that this guy was coming in to do me harm and Potiphar believes her story and in goes Joseph into prison and there it looks like, gee whiz, here we go again. From pit to good times to prison but listen to verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. That sounds really familiar because it's just a couple clicks back up where he had favor in Potiphar's house. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor the side of the prison so that brings us up to the text this morning which is chapter 40 verses 1 through 8 sometime after this the cupbearer of the king of egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord the king of egypt And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams, and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. Sometime after this, that's the opening words in in, uh, verse one of chapter 40. It's a wonderful clue. As you're reading a text like that and you see things like sometime after this, it's a clue to look at the context and we've already done that. For us, that context is chapter 39 and we have some of that story back in there. This morning's text, chapter 41 through 8, is a snapshot of the life of Joseph. It's, it's a piece of his larger story that spans chapters 37 through 50. God's sovereignty, not only preserves Joseph's life in prison, which, by the way, some commentators estimate that time to be around 13 years, but by chapter 41, verse 46, Joseph is out of prison. And you would think, okay, well, he's restored back to Potiphar's house, he's put in charge He's a, he goes to Pharaoh's house. He gets out of prison. He goes to the service of Pharaoh. And he's raised to like the number two spot in the, in the land. God's sovereign rule is certainly evident in Joseph's life in, in this story that we've heard so far. But here's another thing that God is doing in his sovereignty He's preserving a covenant that he made with Abraham back in Genesis 12, and he has kept that covenant in place to the lives of all the patriarchs, right up to here. Joseph is not murdered by his brothers. Joseph doesn't go to prison and die in prison. God's sovereignty raises him up. God's covenant remains in place. Pastor Jim gave us a statement last week to grapple with. That's a good statement. There's nothing more important than God's relationship to us and our relationship to him. And the truth of that statement is shining bright in the text we've considered this so far this morning. God with Joseph follows him all the way from the pit through his 13 years in prison to his being raised up second in command in Egypt. And for Joseph's part, his relationship with God remains intact through the story with Potiphar's wife. It remains intact when he's in prison. Because it was his relationship with God that gave him the certainty to say to the chief cupbearer and the baker, do not interpretations belong to God? Joseph is really, really certain of what God can do. In preparing the sermon for this morning, I, I came across this really interesting story. It's a story from the 20th century. I don't know, the late 20s into the 30s somewhere. But it illustrates the sovereign rule of God. So I just wanted to kind of bring this to you and hopefully it it will do that. It will illustrate the sovereign rule of God. And you say, oh yeah, I get that. Happened to Joseph, happened to this guy. Oh, it's happening to me too. God is sovereign. Well, this story is about A Chinese Christian evangelist, his name was John Sung, and John played a key role in a revival movement that broke out across China, China, mainland China, Thailand, Southeast Asia, during the 20s and 30s. I had no knowledge of that. I was quite surprised that there was a revival in China during that, that decade. John was converted to Christianity as as a boy. And then in his late teens, he and his family decided, well, John should go to America to, to study. And here's a fascinating tidbit. He comes to America, and in five years, a little over five years, he earns his bachelor's degree, his master's degree, and his doctorate degree, all while working to support himself. However... In his seminary studies, while he was in seminary, um, let's use the word drift. Drift kind of found its way into his faith as he became more and more under the influence of his seminary professors. He just began to kind of shift a little bit, and he he was aware of it. Because somewhere in this timeline of his life, he, he, he has this period of personal reflection, and he concluded that, I am not a person of faith anymore, I'm a person of doubt. He was losing his love for his Savior. And so he recommits his life to Christ, and he begins to preach to his classmates and his professors with this renewed zeal. That sounds like something that should just have the blessing of God poured out on it, right? They concluded that John was mentally not all there. And, they, and so he soon found himself imprisoned in an asylum for the mentally unstable, for preaching the gospel. He was there for six months with nothing to do. He had his Bible. He read it, and he read it, and he read it again. And God used this as this extraordinary time of spiritual incubation. John came out of prison with this renewed vigor to preach the gospel, which launched this decade of revival in China. It's all looking good. This this should just go on forever, yeah? John dies of tuberculosis at age 43 just a few years before the communist takeover in China do you see the power and the authority and the wisdom of God at work in this man's life it is there have you had times like Joseph I have have you had long seasons of delay and discouragement? Have you had weeks and months and sometimes years of praying and hoping and looking for God to show up and do something? Show up and change something? This world our lives here on planet Earth are sometimes really disordered and fragmented, aren't they? And sin will do that. Sin can and often does seriously scar the landscape of our lives. Here's some good news. God's not overwhelmed by the effects of sin in his creation. My sin, your sin, anyone's sin does not in the least diminish his sovereign rule over all his creation. If we took just kind of the casual look, the effects of other sin against Joseph and and John Sung paints a pretty bleak picture. And maybe your story is painted with Seasons of being disordered and fragmented. But be assured, brothers and sisters, of this. The very sovereignty of God that showed up in Joseph's life, in John Sung's life, is the same sovereignty that's at work in your life and my life. Let me close with this John chapter 12, 46 to 47. Jesus said this, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. To save the world. Here is the granddaddy of all the sovereign purposes of God the sovereign rule of God in Christ brought to fruition on Golgotha's hill on that old rugged cross God manifested his sovereign purpose in Jesus for salvation for forgiveness of sin and for life to anyone who received these gifts by faith in Jesus. Let's pray. You are sovereign, Lord, always. It never goes away. It, it, it doesn't disappear and come back. It, it's an attribute of yours, but it's also an action of yours. This is how you relate to us. You are sovereign. Help us to realize that when life is disordered and fragmented, when it feels like you have just stepped... That, you, that you're in the wing somewhere and we can't find you. That your sovereignty never, never, never rest. Carry us into the week that's coming with this truth. We ask it in your name. Amen.
0: Please rise for our last song. One, two... day when I see all that you have for me. When I see you face to face, they're surrounded by your grace. All my fears swept
5: There's nothing like you can It's hard for me to believe that
6: I've got nothing to prove. I thought this dirt on my hands was going to keep me from you. I fall as much as I rise. Feels like my walk is a crime. Do whatever it takes. I've seen
5: love come. I've seen love. So titrage There's nothing missing when you are by my side. I took the long road, but now I realize I'm home with you.
7: so many people trying to fill a void inside so many questions asking how asking why i might not have all the answers but i've tasted and i've seen there's a better path for jesus there's no door
5: Well, there's a bridge and there's a river. I'm taking it.